Take them to your neighbors. Just take your back. 
burdens to the Lord and leave them there. There will be no more. 
Everybody goes through some time. Yeah. Turn my mic up just a little bit. Everybody dealing with something. But you gotta know that whatever happens, I'll be praying for you. Yeah. It's gonna be alright. Everybody goes through sometimes. There's something always testing your faith. You're gonna get some bumps and bruises if you live like the Bible says. Listen now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't have the remedy. All I know is that a friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born from adversity. You know that I'll be, I'll be praying yeah. for you. And I know that you'll be praying for me. My sisters keep fighting, brothers keep striving. Children don't think that you're all alone. There's a message in this simple song I want to sing. I'm getting ready 
totally good about your father's business. First of all, how many here know God has been good to you? How many know he brought you a mighty long way? Well, how many know he don't need no coward soldiers? So is there anybody here willing to get about your father's business? Can I get a witness? Pastor Moore. Now I know God has been good to you. And I want you to play according to your faith. According to the love you have for the Lord. Let me hear you preach. Come on. Why you doing that? Think about them times you were down and out and couldn't see your way and how God stepped in your life and, and made a way out of no way.
I just don't know I don't know what 
know, Melvin. You know what? Somebody asked me just the other day. Said, how can you shake a person's hand and you know they don't like you? I told him, reading I do it. It's in my heart. I got a phone call not too long ago. Somebody said, Hard, how can you leave your family and go sing all the time? I told him, I love my family. I love my family. I love my family. But the reason I do it. That's the reason I do it. Cause it's in my heart. I got to love my enemies. I got to love my friends. And whenever you see me, I'll
many times when I was in the street didn't even take time to pray but Lord you took care of me Jesus and you kept on out of my way lesson for today. Jesus is alive and well, the eternal hope. All right, April the 17th, 2022, Easter, devotional reading, Sunday school lesson, April the 17th, 2022, eternal hope. The print passage is Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 10. The 28th chapter, verses 1 through 10. We hope that you have all been doing well and that God has been taking care of you. The storm again passes over there. In fact, God allows many storms to pass throughout our life, and those things help us to grow stronger as Christians. On behalf of all of us here at uh, Antioch Number One Baptist Church, where Reverend Oliver is our pastor, Reverend Oliver is our pastor, and all that are with us, our First Lady, Sister Joyce Oliver, all of the people that at Antioch, the deacons, the urchins, and all that have Sunday services on the second Sunday, fourth Sundays, and fifth Sundays. And we are having services under the COVID watch and uh, procedures where as you come in, you have a temperature check and you documented your temperature and name and telephone number. And uh, you are seated according to the urchins um, for safety during the COVID um situation here. 
As we said, this is April the 17th, 2022. Devotion reading comes out of John, the 20th chapter, verses 11 through 18. The background scripture comes out of Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 10. The print passage comes out of Matthew, uh, uh, 28, 1 through 10. The key verse for today, then Jesus said unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verse 10. We want to thank all of you for joining us here this morning. Um, God has been good and God is good all the time. And today he's alive and well. And uh, today we are going to be talking about his resurrection and the situations around his resurrection. And where he's telling, told the ladies to tell the men, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee. Go to Galilee. And uh, there you will see me. Powerful words there. All right. Let us begin. Our Father and Savior Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity again for Freddie Howard at House C Production Gospel Radio here in Beatrice in my studio in the house to broadcast a uh, Sunday school lesson to those that are following Christ and from the Church of Antioch. We hope that all, all can follow the um, Sunday school lesson that is being done live now, and we hope that they have the Bibles with them and ready to continue to grasp the will and the words of God in their walk with Christ. These are the blessing we ask in that Son, Jesus' name. Amen. This is the eternal hope, is the uh, lesson subject here today. And this aim of this lesson is that the participants should be able to do these things. Understand Matthew's account of the resurrection. Matthew's account of the resurrection. Embrace the possibilities of liberation found in Jesus' resurrection. Your liberation. Not being hampered and fred and in fear for your life or what's going on here on earth now. In other words, you will find great peace and liberation in Jesus Christ's resurrection. Live courageously, live courageously in the freedom that Jesus gives. And key terms for today is angel, uh, messenger, super messenger, supernatural messenger from God, conveying the news of, on the behest uh, for God to humanity, to see, to look, and to gaze upon, to perceive, to look upon, to behold, to seek to seek after, search for, desire, or looking for. Tomb, a burial place, sepulchre, a grave, a sepulchre. Tremble, um, motion, did shake, shook, trembling, trembling. White, bright, brilliant, just as this shirt that I have on here, okay? Okay, why this lesson matters? Why does this lesson matter? The world is full of sadness and despair. How can we find hope in the midst of our anguish? In the book of Matthew, Jesus allies our fears and gives us the courage to face the future. 
the courage to face the future. Powerful, isn't it? The lesson in focus. Pause for a moment and recall the time when you were stunned beyond belief. Maybe you experienced a miraculous recovery from illness and injury. Perhaps you received an unexpected wonderful blessing. Sometimes we are stunned by the reversal of bad news. Paul wrote that Christians should not sorrow as those who have no hope. For even in the direst or most situations of life, our omnipotent God always gives us help, gives us hope. There is no problem you will ever face that is beyond God's ability to handle it. God is our strength, our provider, comforter, our waymaker, our deliverer, our protector, and very present help. We can take courage in every circumstance of life because he is always with us. Now, the lesson in context. The lesson in context. The lesson in context. The woman arose early as the sun rose and went to the tomb expecting a lifeless body. They carried spices for the purpose of completing the embalming process, which was interrupted by the mandated Sabbath rest. You can see that in Luke 24, chapter in the 56th verse. The other Mary, and more fully identified earlier as Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, Matthew 27, verses 25 through 56. We also see Mark 15, chapter verses 40. The 16th chapter of verses 1 and Luke 24 10. They were not last minute tagalongs as they had previously helped supplied Jesus' needs during his Galatian ministry and even stood at a distance at his crucifixion. The angel of the Lord who greeted the women at the tomb is referred to as a young man in Mark 16 and 5. Luke refers to two men. See Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 4. John 20 and 12 mentions two angels. Although popular culture presents angels as female, the Bible pictures them as males. Even though women were not considered credible witnesses by Jewish society, Jesus and Jesus himself put them in that role. Don't ever forget that when it comes to women. God can do anything he wants and put anybody he please in a position to tell you, humans, us, what to do. Such a countercultural detail is seen by many as a mark of authenticity of the account. The Old Testament insists that testimony be confirmed by two or three witnesses. You can see that in Deuteronomy 19, chapter, and verses number 15. Not only would two women telling the disciples meet that standard, but also the angels offered the women two witnesses, an invitation to view the empty tomb and reminded them of Jesus' earlier promise that he would rise again. Uh, question for you. Share a time in your life when you experience hopelessness. Be as specific as you are comfortable with your group. I will share with you a time that when I was in between um, jobs of the United States Air Force and working at a uh, hotel in uh, Tucson, Arizona, and was getting ready to return to Alabama. 
or following my belongings in a U-Haul trailer. That was a very difficult time for me, but I made it back to Alabama. What helped you regain hope? Jesus Christ and faith and that I would be here in Alabama someday with the help of God. If you are still wrestling with hoping to share concerns and worries, my concern right now is health and my diabetes and uh, doing the right thing, taking the medication and uh, not going to the point of uh, uh, dialysis uh, with my sisters and other family members has gone through. But with God's help, that too shall pass. Let's look at insight. As Christians, we affirm that complete confidence that all things are possible with God. We no longer fear death as those without hope. But Christ has defeated death once and for all. As believers, we enjoy freedom that it is not shared by those who have no expectation of eternal life through Christ. Born in sin and raised from the dead, God will do us the same thing, even though we are fighting and battling here on earth. God will take care of us. Yet is a promise, and God is a promise keeper. We Christians boldly proclaim Jesus' resurrection as a core tenet of our faith. While his death was the sacrificial offering that paid our sin debt, his resurrection was validation of his power and eternal existence. We therefore rejoice in the hope of restoration and new beginning because of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Today, in history, today in your life, restoration and new beginning because of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Let's begin with the commentary on Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Let us begin. In the end of the Sabbath, as it begins to draw on dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and other Marys to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angels of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance is like lightning, and his raiment as white as snow. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The phrase in the end of the Sabbath, verse 1, is comparable to Mark, the 16th chapter, verses 1 and 2, Luke, the 24th chapter, verse 1, and John 20 and 1, indicating that the events to unfold were occurring after the Sabbath had ended. Mary Magdalene and other Marys noted here, the mother of James and Joseph, see Matthew 27, chapter verse 56, had been around throughout the crucifixion ordeal. See Matthew 27, 56 through 61. This is what he mentioned about they stood off afar. They arose at daybreak and headed to the sepulchre. All four gospels recorded that the women went to the tomb at the earliest proper hour of the first day of the week. And they arrived there was a great earthquake and they went an angel with lightning like countenance adorned in a dazzling white garment descend and roll back the great stone 
from the entrance, allowing them access. Only Matthew records the details of the earthquake at the tomb. He is also the only writer to record the earthquake which occurred at Jesus' death. You can see that in verse 51 and 54. Most scholars believe that this is because of his writing directly to Jews. Jewish readers would understand the earthquakes elements of God. You can see that in 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, verses 11 through 13, as well as in Isaiah 29 and 6. The angel is described as a male, as angels are in the Bible. His countenance and clothing are so amazing that all four writers, that all four writers make mention of his spectacular appearance. Luke mentioned two angels, but focused on the speakers, omitting others that were present. The scene was not the moment of resurrection, but was instead designed to reveal to the witness the empty, empty tomb. The resurrected Christ was not confined by natural barriers, so also John 20, 19, and 26, and could not have risen at any time after sundown on Sunday, Matthew 27 and 62 clear indications and direction and understanding of what is taking place. Uh, for a discussion starters, the women never expected what they discovered when they arrived at the tomb. Do you think they realized that they were being used by God as eyewitnesses to a miracle? Share a time when you have grown up from one purpose only to end up being used by God for an altogether different, more significant purpose. Can you think of situations that occurred in your life whereas you were used by Christ? You were put in a situation unexpectedly and something else happened that you were not prepared for. Think about that situation. God can use anybody. God can use anybody, anybody that he wants. That includes you. God can use anybody. Have you ever experienced a sight so incredible that you felt the physical effects of it in your body? You were shook. You were afraid. Many times of the wrecks that I've had coming from work at home in prison at that on Highway 21 where other people would after I had wrecked, stop and take care of me and encourage me and so forth so that I can get back home. God is awesome. Let's look at the second outline, Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 4 through 7. And it reads, As for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. The keepers, those were the guards, the security people that would sit there to watch to make sure what um, the pilots and all of them had said was going, what might be occurring with Jesus Christ's body. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, though I have told you. He said, then go quickly and tell his disciples. 
He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. The women were being used because they had got up early that morning to go to the grave to embalm the body of Jesus Christ. But when they got there, different things were happening. They were put in a situation that they were not ready for. And this is this situation. They are being put in a position to become messengers for Jesus Christ, God Almighty, our creator. To take a message to the fellow brothers that was with Jesus Christ who were hiding out and who were afraid because they thought that the Roman guards and people that crucified Jesus would possibly be coming after them as well. All right. The guards were so frightened by the sight that they went into shock and appeared as dead men. These guards were secured by the priests in the quest to Pilate to offer offset the possibility of interference with Jesus' body and his sensational report that would place him once again on the people's hearts and minds. The soldiers were likely Roman guards who served as temple police. Their duty would have been to maintain order in the temple and they would have reported directly to the religious leaders even though they were Roman guards under Pilate's control. This would explain why they went to the chief priests to give their report initially and not directly to Pilate. You can see that in Matthew 28 chapter, verses 11 and 15. Upon seeing the empty tomb, the women were told by the angels to share with the disciples the good news of Jesus' resurrection, informing them that he had already gone ahead in preparation for his great public appearance in Galilee, as early predicted. And you can see that in 26 and verses number 32. 26 and verses number 32. The tomb was now empty again. At the Last Supper, Jesus predicted meeting them in Galilee after his death and resurrection. Matthew 26, verses 32. No word of the Lord will ever fail to come past. No word of the Lord will fail to come past. He is a promise keeper, the real promise keeper. Let's look at something for your discussion. The woman tasked were to live a message concerning the good news of the resurrection. There is honor in every task that God gives us. Honor in every task. What is the problem with trying to be selective and choosy when it comes to doing what the Lord has asked of us? Do what God has asked you. It is honor in doing so. Do what God has asked you. Have you ever had to deliver some good news that was nearly unbelievable? Have you? Think about it. Did you deliver some news that was absolutely unbelievable? All right. Let's look at Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 8 through 10. This will be our last outline. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 8 through 10. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Some ladies ran <laughs> to tell them brothers that were hiding. 
Jesus is alive and well. And y'all can meet him and see him in Galilee. Them men weren't thinking nothing about getting back to Galilee. They were hiding. Oh, their life was at stake. All right. And they went to tell the disciples, Behold, Jesus meet, met them, saying, All hail. Jesus met them himself, the, the ladies, while they were on their way to Galilee. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. So the women hurried away from the tomb, yet they were filled with joy and ran to tell us I. Suddenly Jesus met them, greeting, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee. There they will see me. Two times. That was really getting the point home, wasn't it? Okay? Biblical scholars may continue to debate the specific sequences of events surrounding Jesus' resurrection, but there is no debate regarding the reality of the resurrection. The facts are that Jesus rose, the women witnessed, and they ran in to tell Jesus' disciples. They had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus while en route to the disciples, and they finished their mission. The Gospel writers John 20 and 2 and Mark 16 and 8 also record the women leaving with urgency and feeling mixed emotions of fear and great joy. As they went, they had encountered the Lord, and this encounter with Jesus, the women essentially received a repeat of the same message the angels had given them early, to go and tell the disciples that the risen Jesus would meet them in Galilee. Jesus met the women and graced them with a simple greeting. Elated to see him, they fell and worshiped as he had told them to be not afraid. No one can come in contact with the power of God and not experience a sense of awe and fear. His presence is so magnificent that he balanced it with a calm and peace. His simple greeting was comforting and reassuring. His grace to further displays as he refers to the disciples as brethren, even though they were even though they had deserted him. They were hiding together in Jerusalem, fearful that the authorities who came for Jesus might also come for them. They were likely making plans to return home, but now had further incentives to go back to Galilee with hope instead of disappointment and disgrace. The gospel accounts reveal that the disciples did not immediately believe in women's reporting of good news. Peter and John ran to the tomb to see for themselves. You can see that in John, the 20th chapter, verses 3 through 10. A quick discussion for you. Many people want to be used by God in a great way. Explain why the greatest thing you can do for God is that which he tells you to do. Simple, isn't it? Just do what God tells you to do. You don't know what he got planned for you. You may have some great plan for you, but just simply do what God tells you. Follow his word. The women were... The women saw their risen Savior and worshiped him, discussed as a group the heartfelt worship that takes place in the presence of Jesus. That must have been awesome. Oh, somebody had been gone a long time. Take that for an example, and they back. Remember the joyous situation where you meet and greet and talk? But this is Jesus, their Messiah, their believer, their leader, their comforter, their everything. He's alive again. What a, what a time. All right. As you celebrate Resurrection Sunday, take time to reflect on what the day 
really means not just as church, but your personal. Make this week less about bragging, complaining, or pleasure-seeking, more about Jesus. What can you do to honor the one who sacrificed his life so that you could live in fellowship with him? What? What? Huh? Whoa. What about that? He's your comforter, your provider, your way maker, your deliverer, your protector. Mm, how about that? This, the multitude of followers Jesus by hundreds and thousands because of how deeply he touched their lives. Jesus fed the hungry, comforted, and distressed, frightened, and healed the sick, and changed lives in significant ways. Instead of living for yourself, reflect on how you can follow Jesus' example and live a life in service to others for the glory of God. Instead of working, focusing on yourself, focus on others. Focus on others. Focus on others. How about that? Think about the best news you have received. You were so excited that you could not wait to tell anyone who could appreciate your excitement. May you be just as enthusiastic during the next chance to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people in our world who do not want to hear about Jesus' resurrection. Instead, they want to keep Jesus dead in a tomb so they do not have to deal with their sins. Neither public opinion nor unbelief can alter divine or eternal truth. Whatever others may say, what others may say, Jesus is alive. Commit to provide sharing your faith story with an unbeliever within your family or other circles of influence. What a powerful lesson. What a powerful, powerful lesson for today. God is awfully good in it. God is awfully good. All right. Now, next week's lesson, Sunday, April the 24th, 2022, is Experiencing Liberation. The devotional reading is going to come out of Galatians, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 13. The background scripture is going to come out of John, the eighth chapter, verses 31 through 38. And the printed text is going to come out of John, the eighth chapter, 31 through 38. Now, the closing prayer for today. Let's go to our home daily readings for next week, starting Monday, April the 18th. Remember that you once were slaves, Deuteronomy 15, chapter verses 12 through 15. Tuesday, April the 19th, children of the free women, Galatians 4, 21 through 31. Wednesday, April the 20th, anointed to proclaim liberty, Isaiah the 6th chapter, verses 1 through 3, then on the uh, Thursday, April the 21st, the light of the world, John 8, 12 through 20. Then on Friday, April the 22nd, Jesus is from above, John the 8th chapter, 21 through 30. Then Saturday, April the 23rd, I shall walk at liberty, Psalm 119, 41 through 56. Psalms 119, verses 41 through 56. Then on Sunday, April the 24th, Jesus brings true freedom. Jesus brings true freedom. John, the 8th chapter, verses 31 through 38. Next week is going to be experiencing liberation. Our closing prayer. Dear Lord, 
We thank you for the blessed gift of eternal hope, a gift that only you can give us. Because of the blood of the precious Lamb of God, we are conquerors and joint heirs with the Lamb to reign eternally with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And just as Jesus' body was quickened and risen from the dead, you also, born in Christ, live and die in Christ, following his word, your body will be quickened and raised from the dead in that day to come. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch, Baptist Church, in Thomas Spring, where we're on the August, our pastor, Sister Cross, our first lady. We just shout out to all of you and thank you for joining us as we partake and understand the eternal hope. The eternal hope. Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee. There they will see me. Again, thank you. And God bless you. And Take care. We see you next time. God with you. C22. This is Palm Sunday. Print passage is from Matthew 26, chapter, verses um, 17 through 30. The 26th chapter, verses 17 through 30. The uh, Subject for today's lesson is the unforgettable leader. That's also print, uh, Matthew 26 to 17 and 30. Your devotional reading, devotional reading will come from John, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 17. Your background scripture will come from Matthew's, the 26th chapter, verses 17 through 30, as well as your print, we already said, 26 verses 17 through 30. Uh, our big subject is the unforgettable leader, Matthew 26. And the key verse for today, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drank it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And the NIV version of that same verse, uh, Matthew 26, chapter verses 29, and it says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drank it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The unforgettable leader. That unforgettable leader is none other than Jesus Christ, God Almighty, our creator. We thank you for being here with us. Uh, I'm your uh, teacher for today, Freddie Howard from Antioch, number one Baptist Church in Tunnel Spring, where Reverend William Oliver is our pastor, and Sister Joyce Oliver is our first lady, and we want to thank you for being here with you. Today is the second Sunday, and we will be having um, church services at Antioch there in Tunnel Spring. Um, also, um, you can hear the services out in the parking lot as well at 95.5, and we hope that you will join us with that 95.5. The time is about um, one more o'clock and stop, but it's right about six o'clock in the morning, 6.15, 6.30 there about. So please stay with us if you will, God willing. Uh, it's 6.35 rather, as we check the time. 
the unforgettable leader. Let's do, let's get to the lesson. The lesson aims. What is the aim of this lesson? As a result of experiencing this lesson, the participant should be able to do these things. Understand the last meal Jesus shared with his disciples in light of the Jewish Passover. Affirm a new meaning that Jesus gave to the bread and the cup. Rejoice in the freedom that comes through faith in Christ. Affirm the new meaning Jesus gave to the bread and the cup. Some key words for today, arrive. That means uh, being happening, uh, come about, uh, something that was come, something that's happening. Betray, that means to uh, hand over, give it, deliver over to another. All right. Uh, came, uh, that means to uh, draw near, come, directed, uh, together, guided. Forgiveness, dismissal, release, pardon, to forgive someone. Passover, the Passover supper of the Lamb. Why this lesson matters? Why does this lesson matters? People sometimes need to be reminded of the past victories. How can we glean wisdom from the experiences of those who have gone before us? At the Passover meal, Jesus reminded his disciples of the, his freedom he provided from fear and want. The Passover. As a result, Span of your life, learn a variety of techniques to help remember important information. You have learned to do and remember special occasions for a reason and remember those things with a clear memory from holiday celebration from years ago. It's because of sweet, cherished memories that we take care in preparing for holiday celebration while we try to recreate our good memories to help create new new ones, uh, yet we find that family squabbles sometimes come to a head at a holiday meal. While these bumps do happen, we truly um, enjoy the breaks from daily problems with the holiday fi finality and comes and, and look forward to family meals and family familiar smells and tastes that remind us of the specific times that we've enjoyed together as family. It is very important that we remember how important family is in remembering those days. It is very important that we're going to go into a lesson where Jesus was having his last meal here on earth with his disciples and followers and how he told them to celebrate his, 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 uh, his death and resurrection on the cross and his uh, uh, arising from the dead. God, what a powerful message of celebration and unbeing Jesus reminding us that he is and was the unforgettable leader. He is the unforgettable leader. He's still leading us now. He's still leading us now. The lesson in context. Unleavened bread was used during the Passover to remind Israel that they had to leave Egypt in haste, having no time to wait for bread to rise. Uh, you can see that in Exodus, the 12th chapter, verses 39, and Deuteronomy, the 16th chapter, verses 3. Leaven is used in Scripture as an image of the effects of, of, of sin having effect in every part of the loaf. When you put yeast and bread, it goes all over the bread. It just don't stay in one spot. It goes all over. So that's how sin is. When, when Satan uh, uh, convinced uh, 
Eve to take of that uh, fruit of that tree, which God told them not to eat. The sin went through the whole generation. That means uh, everybody that is born as a human being comes through the portals of sin, and they're tainted by that sin. That's why we all have sins before God, our creator. Jewish families conducted former search in their homes known as Belteket uh, Shamati, I believe, for any possible remaining leaven before Passover. That, that is an ancient uh, rabbi requirement that the drinking of four cups of wine is done during the Passover meal. The first is during the blessing before the meal. The second before the retelling of the Exodus account. The third is a blessing after the meal. And the fourth concludes the meal with, with songs and praise. Some skeptics argue that the Last Supper meal was borrowed from the Mesoterrasians, a pagan mystic religion of the first three centuries. The fact that Paul recounted the facts of the meal even before the gospel were written makes it clear, makes it at least as likely that the Mesoterrasian borrowed from Christianity. Synoptic parallels can be found in Mark the 14th chapter, the 12th through the 26th verse, in Luke, the 22nd chapter, verses 7 through 31. The Gospel of John does not include this account. Today's scripture text marks the event of the final week of Jesus' earthly ministry. The final week of Jesus' earthly ministry. In fact, he was down to his last days. After the triumph entry last week's lesson, Jesus has driven out money changers, verbally embarrassed those who sought to trap him, denounce hypocrisy, warn disciples of the upcoming destruction of Jerusalem, prepared them for the final judgment and for his betrayal and crucifixion. You can see all of this in Matthew, the 21 chapter, verses 1 through 26. Jesus, Jesus was aware of the plot to kill him. He anointed, he Jesus was aware of the plot to kill him, be anointed with precious oil from an alabaster box, and Judas will agree to the payment price for betraying Jesus. All of these events would set the stage for the world's most unforgettable leader to complete his earthly mission, the unforgettable leader. All right, let's take a, take a quick look at the insight into this lesson. Most Christians celebrate the Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper communion as an important act of worship. In many, if not all, denominations, this holy observance is a cornerstone of our religious ordinances. We use the occasion to identify with Jesus' sacrifice when, when we take communion. We remember Jesus' sacrifice for our sins. He willingly took on the role of the sacrificial Passover lamb as the payment of our sin and death. All right, an exploration for you. As believers, we must continually choose to stand with Jesus. As believers, we must continue to stand with Jesus. No matter what others say or the world dictates, if we keep in mind the power and persuasion of our God, then we will maintain a focus, look forward to our ultimate triumph in Christ, in Christ at the end of this age. 
Let's look at the first outline. This is Matthew, the 26th chapter. If you have not turned to it already, it's Matthew, the 26th through 19. 17 through 19. Three verses. Let us un, Let us begin. Let us begin. All right. Now the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying unto him, Where shalt what wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? They asked him, Where do we need to be to prepare for the Passover? And they and he said, Go into the city, such a man, and say unto him, The master with my time is at hand, and I will keep the Passover at the house with my disciples. See how God plans to put things in place for you to do. He gives you direction of what to do and how to do it. That is still the same today in your life and in my life. God lays down the plan. All we have to do is prepare. The disciples ask where they're supposed to eat, do the Passover, and Jesus told them the house. Now look at the 19th verse. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made it ready to Passover. It is important that we do what Jesus Christ tells us to do. And he gives us that instruction in his Bible messages, in the word. Study the word, know the word, and live by it and do it. Now, so the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. The first day, Feast of the Unleavened Bread, in the 14th, of Nisan, the day when the leaven was removed from the house in preparation for the feast of Passover, unleavened bread. You can find this in Mark, the 14th chapter, verses 12, and Luke, the 22nd chapter, verses 7. The day began at sundown on the 13th, marking the opening hours of the day in which the reference was made. The feast derives its name from the ancient Israelite need to cook fast using no yeast. During the first Passover, as they prepared to flee Egypt quickly, leaving no time for bread to rise. There's something that I need to interject here that you understand. When they were fleeing from Egypt, and um, Moses was leading them out of Egypt, that was a very quick and hasty move. To show you how quick it is, you know, when you cook bread, you normally put yeast in it and it'll take a time to rise. You got to let it set a while and then it'll rise and then, you know, you put it in the stove and cook it. They were leaving so fast, they didn't have time to do that. They had to cook a meal and eat a meal with nothing in it, just plain old meal and water. That's how fast it was. If you and we hope you do understand that. The feast derived its name because they had to leave so fast. The Passover meals were even unlevered. Subsequent celebration would follow that pattern to commemorate the event. The disciples shared the meal with Jesus at the beginning of the Passover feast, not realizing he would soon be crucified. In response to the disciples' question regarding where they could gather for the Passover, Jesus sent them to the main, to the man whose house they would assemble. The house was located in Jerusalem, 
Apparently, the man understood who the teacher was and gladly welcomed Jesus into his home. The disciples went to prepare the meal in a designated place. Most likely, the owner of the house was also a disciple, one who was welcoming and accommodating. As we see God's people, we too must be accommodating Jesus that his appointed time is near proves his awareness of his ultimate date with the cross at Calvary. Despite hearing Jesus' references to his destiny, the disciples gave no response to the statement. It is good to be a follower. It's good to be a in step with Jesus Christ and know what Jesus Christ is doing and what he's going through at this very moment and at this time in your life and all of the lives of people around you. There are people all over the world at this very time going through difficult times. Um, the, the war, the sickness, the crime, the, all the things that are pay, taking place in the world today. God is still here. He's in your heart and he works through you. Be an accompaniment to help Jesus do what is to be done here on earth. He don't need you, but he will use you if you allow him to use you. What are you doing or should be doing to prepare people to receive Christ? What are you doing to prepare and help people to receive Christ? That's a personal question. Only you can answer it. Has anyone ever given you vague instruction that you consider to be unreal, unreliable? Yes. What is the difference between following direction without detail from someone you know and obeying God without complete information? You need complete information. God gives complete information. He asks you to walk by faith and not by sight. That means believe before you take the step. Believe before you take the step. Believe before you open your mouth. Believe before you go. You're going on a trip. Have faith that you will get there safely. Believe before you leave. Commentary on Matthew 26 chapter and verses 20 through 24. This is verses 20 through 24 and it reads, Now when they, now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily, verily say unto you, that one of you shall be speaking to Judas. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? There is something I want to remind you of very quickly. Remember in the lesson we talked to before how um, God uh, knows everything and knows everybody. Even though the 12 disciples were there, they did not know who was going to betray Jesus. But God, Jesus knew who was going to betray him. That means that even though your best friend, me and my wife had a conversation the other day um, talking about even though we have been married nearly 52 years, over 52 years, we still do not know everything about each other. But guess who do know everything about Freddie and Mary in these 52 years of marriage? God does. Jesus does. He knows. You ever heard the saying, my sins are ever before me? That's because 
you need to acknowledge and know that Jesus Christ knows your sin. He knows everything there is to know about you. God knows. Let us go ahead. Um, verse 23, And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. He was talking about who was putting the bread into the dish of wine that they were drinking was who was going to betray them. If they paid attention, they would see who that was. It did not explain as to who that was dipping in the dish at the time, but uh, he knew that that we know that that was Judas, but did the disciples see Judas? And he said, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe unto the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It has been good for that man if he has not been born. Jesus is talking about the one that betrays Jesus. Are you a betrayer of Jesus? Are you? If you sin, as we all men do sin, you are betraying God. But there is a way for you and I. Jesus will forgive. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe unto the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. He's speaking in no uncertain terms about Judas. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hands in the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It is better that he not even be born. At the last supper, Jesus finally joins the disciples to share the Passover meal. At that eating, Jesus announces he would be betrayed by one of them present on the day of the Passover. This had to be a shock to the disciples. The Passover is one of the peace and reflection shared with those who are closest to you. Surely if Jesus knew he would be betrayed, he would have dealt with it prior to the feast. However, the fact that every one of them likely did, 11 minus Judas asked if it were them that would betray Jesus, showed their realization of their own possibility of falling short. Those who loved Jesus were upset by even a remote possibility that he or she may have the capacity of betraying the Lord. Dipping one's hand in a bowl might not have immediately identified their traitor, as they were all dipping and sharing the same bowl in the room. Do you see that? How they could possibly and did miss who that person was that's going to betray Jesus. Some of them were thinking it could be I, it could be me, you know. Jesus' statement would have been an exact timing and likely caused them all to pause and ponder even more in their own hearts and motives. The death of Christ, the Son of Man, was unfolding before them as predicted in various Old Testament passages in Isaiah 5 and 3. Jesus says his full intention to follow God's will, even unto death on the cross. God, all-knowing, sovereign nature, does not absolve humanity of the consequences of their choices. The consequences of our choices. 
We each have a choice. Go right, go left. We have a choice in direction that we take. We have a choice in how we live. We have a choice of how the words we use of hate. We have a choice to give or not to give. We have a choice to pray or not to pray. You must live, you will live with the consequences of your choices. Jesus sternly warns the betrayal that there is no escape from punishment from such a treason act as Christ, treason act against Christ. We would do well to heed the warning in our spiritual lives as we serve one another for the cause of Christ. Powerful words indeed. Powerful words indeed. What warnings woe do we have for not honoring Christ? We have heard them many times. The wages of sin is death. How about that one? Profound and covering all. The wages, the pay for sin is death. Death cut off from Jesus Christ, God Almighty, our Creator. Jesus treated Judas' family, including feeding him and, and washing his feet, all while knowing that Judas had already arranged his betrayal. Look at that. How can you adjust your response to friends and acquaintances who secretly turn against you and side with your enemies to harm you? Allow God to take care of them. You pray for them, you guide, you help. You be like Christ, like Jesus' character was. Let's look at the last outline. The last outline is uh, 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 Matthew 26, chapter, verses 25 through 30. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. Judas asked, Judas, see, look at that. That is so, 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 um, uh, I don't have the words for it. Judas, look, look what Judas says. Then Judas, which betrayed him, Judas has been working all the time to betray him. Now, look now, you, you, you got to understand this. Judas asked, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? What was that for? To cover up what you um, already know? And that means doing something that you think God don't see and saying, I'm going to cover it up. Are you a, 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 are you a witness to that? Are you, do you aware of that? I'm aware of it. Sin that you know that you were sinning and you're saying you didn't do it. And you know you're doing it and trying to cover it up. God still sees it. Is that happened to you? It has happened to Freddie. He said unto him, Thou hast said, Jesus said, Yes, Judas is you. And they were eating. Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took up and gave drink, thanks, and ye all of it. And verse 28, for this is my blood, the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. 
Verse 29, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the wine until that day when I drank it new with you in my father's kingdom. Now verse 30, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. I want to take the time real quickly to read this in the NIV version. I know we should understand it very clearly, but look, then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you didn't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus said, Yes. He said, You are it. And they were eating. Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. The bread is his body. And while they were eating, they took the bread, and they gave thanks and gave it to his saying, Take and eat. This is my body. The bread is his body. We repeat that. Then he took a cup, and when he had given them, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many of you for forgiveness of sin. The shedding of blood on the cross for the remission of our sin is death. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit, not until when I drink of it new with you in my father's kingdom. When they sung of the hymn, they went out. In the Mount of Olives. Powerful. Judas appears to have been silent during his discourse. Suddenly he speaks of asking his is it will he be the one to betray Jesus? To this Jesus replied, as you you have said, John Gospel court that Jesus told Judas to do what he had to do quickly. Go and do what you gotta do, Judas. Do it quickly. It does not appear that the, that the others heard this conversation, like because the commotion talk around Jesus' statement of betrayal. Not knowing that Satan had entered Judas' disciples would have easily assumed that Jesus sent Judas to hound some business as he was the trusted treasurer. With the betrayal gone, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. Matthew's account of the Consecration of the bread and the wine is similar to Mark's Luke account and similar to the recorded what is recorded in 1 Corinthians 11 chapter verses 23 through 26. While some scholars still debate the meaning of Jesus' words specific regarding the body, it is hard to grasp anything aside from the symbolic that Jesus' body was there with them and his blood had not been shed. The New Testament, a covenant was put into place at the death of Christ, the final sacrifice for sin. The old covenant was sin. Christ is the perfect sacrifice as he was made possible both justification and regeneration. You can see this in Hebrews, the eighth chapter, verses six through 13. Jesus spoke to disciples to keep them sharp forward-looking, thinking, and focus on the time when they would enjoy sweet fellowship with God eternally. Even at what could be considered a solemn occasion, the disciples left singing as they turned their hearts toward God's plan. What a blessing. Let's go to the conclusion of the lesson and some comments. Despite what he knew the evening and the next day held for him, Jesus left the Passover, celebrating, singing a hymn, praising God the Father. How can believers today apply this commitment to praising God in the context of modern living that is often filled with unsettling threats of trouble? That is so clear to us today. 
even though there are troubles and trials and tribulations taking place in the world, go your way singing and praising God in faith because it's going to be all right. Do not get caught up and quagged down in the quagmire of the troubles of the world and the evils of the world in your life. Still continue to sing and pray to God in joy as the disciples did and as Jesus was doing. Jesus frequently visited the Mount of Olives to spend time with God. What place mostly inspires you when you want quiet time with God? You know who that, where that place is. Sometimes it may be with a person. Sometimes it may be in a place. But you know when you want to spend quiet time with God. Reflect on why you take the Lord's Supper. Has it become mindless ritual for you? Do you go through the motions of ceremony without giving real thought to Jesus' sacrifice and deeper meaning of the elements? Why or why not? That is a very personal question for you. Only you can answer that question. How serious do you take the Lord's Supper? How serious do you take it when you take that bread? How serious do you take it when you drink that wine, symbolizing God's body and the bread? Similar to wine, symbolizing God's blood, Jesus' blood, and the bread, symbolizing his body. How serious do you take it? That's a personal question. Only you can answer that. Read 1 Corinthians 11, 30, 23, 32. Consider the words, particularly about forgiveness and judging oneself. Consider those to whom you need to reach out and extend outstretched arms to hands of loving forgiveness. Is there a person, somebody you know that you need to forgive? Is there? Only you can answer that. That's a very personal and in-depth question. You and God know who that is. Do you need to forgive somebody? Identify an, identify an accountability partner and share your plans. There's somebody that's going to hold you accountable for what you say you're going to do. You got somebody like that? Yeah. Do you? That's a personal question. Have somebody else a partner with you, knowing that you will do what you said you would do and will make sure that you do what you said you said you were going to do. Okay. Schedule check-in times with your accountability partner. All right. The Passover feast in today's lesson is the oldest of the Jewish feasts instituted on the eve of the Exodus. Exodus 12. The Jewish feast served as a reminder of God's holiness and provision acts of God's grace, his people, which place remind you of God's action in your behalf. Which place remind you of God's action on your behalf? There is an event I would never forget in my life that occurred up in Canada. I would never forget it. God spared me that I may be sitting here right now. Jesus did not ban the exodus, excuse Judas from the Passover table because Judas was part of the God's plan to bring salvation to the world. Let me read that again. Jesus did not ban or excuse Judas from the Passover table because Judas was part of God's plan to bring salvation to the world. Your spiritual battle is real. But Satan cannot thwart God's assignment for you. Satan cannot stop what God got planned for you. Satan can't stop it. 
Satan cannot thwart God's assignment for you. Walk in God's will on the road on which God has placed you, knowing God is with you. Thank you, Jesus, for this moment, for Freddie. Thank you, Jesus, for this morning, in spite of my sins being ever before me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Next lesson will be next week will be April the 17th, 2022, is Eternal Hope. The devotional reading is going to come out of John, the 20th chapter, verses 11 through 18. The background scripture is going to come out of Matthew, the 27th chapter, 28, 1 through 10. And the printed text from Matthew, the 28th verses 1 through 10. Don't forget the lessons for the week next week. They are as follows. Monday, April 11th, John proclaims the Lamb of God. That's in John, the first chapter, verses 29 through 36. And on Tuesday, April the 12th, Jesus prays in Gethsemane. That's Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 36 through 46. Then on Wednesday, April the 13th, Jesus is arrested. And you can find that in Matthew, the 27th, 26th chapter, verses 47 through 56. Then on Thursday, April the 14th, Jesus is crucified. That's in Matthew, the 17th chapter, verses 35 through 43 and 45 through 50. Then on Friday, April the 15th, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is on the cross. We know very well where that is, what is taking place. He's asking, Jesus is asking his father, why have thou forsaken me? You can find that in Psalms 22, verses 1 through 9, verses 14 through 19. Then on Saturday, April the 16th, God is my strength and might. Psalms 118, 14 through 17, and 19 through 29. Then on Sunday, April the 17th, Jesus is risen. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Oh, what a powerful lesson that is coming, and the lesson in preparation for Jesus being crucified on the cross. That you and I may have a right to the tree of life. Let us pray as we close this lesson. Dear Lord, we praise you for your sacrifice, for our sins, and for the gifts of divine grace. Thank you. Thank you for calling us to be your disciples. Please order our steps so that we might be more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On this April the 10th Palm Sunday, as Jesus Christ is preparing to go to the cross for mine and your sins. Remember, he died on the cross that you and I may have a right to the tree of life. Take that step. Take that step. Take that step. And know that Jesus Christ died for mine and your sins, that we may have a right to this real life. Give your life to Christ. The unforgettable leader, on behalf of all of us here at Antioch Baptist Church in Tunnel Spring, where I'm now our pastor, we thank you all for listening to the lesson here on Housey Radio, located at 231 6th Avenue here in Beatrice, Alabama. God bless you. And we'll see you next time.
God willing, next Sunday.
All right. We hope you have enjoyed the broadcast. Uh, two hours or so of uh, good gospel music, as well as two of um, the Sunday school lessons from uh, April the um, tenth, the week of April the tenth, and uh, and this week April the seventeenth lesson. We hope you have a great week coming up. And uh, we played the last one of the main cuts from uh, Ray Hollins and the New Boys of Triumph's new CD called Heaven. That was the song from the title cut on the CD, Heaven. Take care and God bless and we'll see you next time on Housey Production Gospel Internet Radio. Find us all over the internet. Just type in the hashtag H-O-W-C-E-E. Don't forget coming up in September 17, 2022, we will be the coordinator for the King of Kings Gospel Fest here in Beatrice. We're looking for artists. If you're a gospel artist and you sing, you got a quartet, you got a choir, um, you have a Christian dance Whatever you have, then you would like to be a part of the King of King um, Gospel Fest 2022. Give us a call at 1-251-362-1935 or email us at freddychoward at gmail.com. Your registration fee is uh, $250. And for that $250 registration fee, <clears throat> we will issue you 25 $10 tickets. You can sell those uh, 25 tickets and keep that money for yourself or your group and uh, recoup that $25 registration fee. And um, please, if you have the faith to step out with your ministry for Christ to the world to bring Christians to Christ, please do so through the King of King Gospel Fest. On behalf of all of us here at House C Production Gospel Internet Radio, located at 231 6th Avenue, God bless, and we'll see you next time, God willing, on House C Production Gospel Internet Radio. <laughs>